0: So Hey, everyone. We are Daryl and Dorinda Wilson. We've been married for 30 years. We have eight kids. Um, They're ages 15 to 29. Uh, Just to give you a little bit of background on our marriage, um, he likes me to preface this because uh, it's kind of funny and humorous that I married a 28-year-old OCD control freak bachelor. Um, That is the truth. That is actually what happened. So he wanted two children. I actually was a 21-year-old nanny who secretly wanted 10, but I did not tell him that. (laughs) I tell everyone that we compromised. At eight so we have eight children um, their ages are 15 to 29 uh, from the beginning before we even had kids I think before we were even married we knew we wanted to homeschool our kids so uh, that was that was helpful to kind of have that direction but um, one thing we didn't really think about was the ways that homeschooling would actually impact our marriage but we can honestly say, that homeschooling has actually made our marriage stronger, um, not without work, not without <laughs> being aware of some things. And so those are some of the things we're going to share with you today. So we're now 30 years into our marriage and 24 years into homeschooling, and we're still going strong, right? Right. Right. <laughs> We might be pooping out just a little bit, but (laughs) anyway, so it can be challenging for husbands to, you know, really know exactly how to best support their homeschooling wives. So we thought we would share our own story and some important principles to to keep in mind that will help direct how you can best support your wives. there is always that exception to the rule where a husband actually homeschools the kids and the wife works. I've talked to several moms where that's that's actually the case, but I think even in that situation, um, there are some things to glean from what we are what we're going to be sharing today. So, the the first thing I really want to say is you know. Um, we're, we're Christians, we're believers, and usually most pretty much all of our audience is. Um, so I'm just going to be really upfront uh, about the fact that the enemy really wants to destroy families. And I think it's super important for us to bear that in mind. We're in a battle. And the first place he often goes after is our marriages. So we need to be on High alert. You know, be on alert. Be sober. What the Bible says talk, talks about: be alert, be sober, and keep on praying. We want to be aware that um, we're a target. So when things come up, we can kind of. I I think we we've even done this before, where I just gone, oh, wait, I know what this is. This is just the enemy trying to come between us, just trying to attack and, and be divisive. And then we just kind of throw throw it out and say, OK, we're not we're not doing that. We're not playing. <laughs> so our marriage is important to us. Our family is important to us. And so um, because of that, we want to protect it. We want to keep certain things in mind that will help nurture it and make it uh, strong and healthy and thriving because you can't have a relationship without investing, making an investment. But specifically, there's some unique needs that uh, wives have when it comes to if they're homeschooling their kids. And so again, it can be hard for the guys to really know, the husbands to really know, how can I best support her? Um, so the first thing I wanna address are expectations. Uh, there's a quote out there, you may have heard it, uh, that expectations are premeditated resentments, okay? now. I, I know you kind of feel like that's a little bit of a strong statement. Kind of extreme. Yeah, a little, <laughs> extreme, a little dramatic, yeah. you know. But the idea behind it, I actually found um, sort of some, some information on it in an article in Psychology Today. It, it explained a little better why this can be true. Um, because first of all, merely expecting something to happen will not make it happen. <laughs> I thought, Oh, that's good advice. Okay. The second thing is that human beings have a natural tendency to pin their hopes for happiness on fulfilled expectations. So in that sense, that statement really does ring true. And so I think it's important for us to be realistic, because there are different types of expectations, some are realistic, and some are not. Mm -hmm. And so we need to be able to determine that and be discerning about what's realistic and what isn't. For instance, an unrealistic expectation of mine early in our marriage was that my husband could read my mind. He can't. And
1: (laughs) I'm not clairvoyant. I, 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 I admit it. <laughs> yeah, so uh,
0: it's it's one of his few flaws is that he's not <laughs> clairvoyant. So the bottom line was, I was disappointed. I was hurt. All these different things, and I explained it to him, and he said, "I had no idea." Like, and then I realized how unrealistic that was. So we can have unrealistic expectations, but then there are also realistic expectations to have. But even those need to be communicated, and it's really important to. To do that in a in a loving and respectful way, but you know, husbands and wives naturally have expectations, and these affect our marriages and how we relate to each other. So we need to bear that in mind because sometimes our biggest disappointments and hurts are just unmet expectations that possibly the other person didn't even know we had of them. So um, we just need to bear that in mind. Okay. So.
1: And communicate them.
0: And communicate them. Because for instance, you know, I have gone, we've we've done things where we've listened to a marriage talk or a sermon on marriage. And I don't even realize that all of a sudden my expectations have amped up either for him or even for myself. And I haven't bothered to communicate with him. So now when we listen to something like that, we often try to have a conversation about it to make sure that we're not you know, having unrealistic expectations of the other person, kind of what we got out of it, because sometimes what he hears in a message is totally different than what I hear. And so it's important, again, to, to keep that communication up. So that healthy and frequent communication. So um, one of the f- funniest things I ever heard was Gary Smalley. Um, I don't know if you guys know who he is. If you're older, you will. He's passed away since <laughs> we're, then. We're aging we're, ourselves. We're here. aging ourselves. But when we were first dating and married and engaged and all of that, we went through his, I, I think it's called Hidden Keys to Loving Relationships. I don't think he even had a name back then, but uh, we went through it. Um, and then before I got married and then also after with other couples. And it was really, really helpful. But Gary is really funny. And so one of the things that he said was, um, you know, women, one thing that you do all the time is you say, you know, to your husband, you get frustrated and you say, get with the program. <laughs> and he goes, we don't know what the program is. You have to tell us. So that's my advice on communication is make sure your husband knows what the program is because a lot of times they're just clueless. It's not because they're stupid. They just don't think like we do. And often they don't realize, like I said, the expectations we can sometimes have. If you
1: have have a plan, share it. If you have expectations, (laughs) share them. And sometimes in verbalizing them to your husband, it makes you realize that you actually do have those expectations. Right.
0: Right. And also, um, I've had things come out of my mouth that I realized, this is not realistic.
1: (laughs) Did I say that? (laughs) I was thinking that it made sense
0: in my head, but when it came out, it wasn't the same. So uh, anyway, so uh, just wanted to uh, (laughs) share that with you because I thought that was pretty funny. All right. So Daryl, I'm going to ask you, I'm going to put you on the hot seat here. So do you think it's as important what a husband does as much as it is the way a husband makes his wife feel.
1: I think it's how he makes her feel first. Right. This doesn't uh, negate. negate responsibility for actually doing some right. things. But start with the feelings right. and how she feels. Yes. And because uh, what you need to do will grow out of that. Right.
0: Exactly. Because here's the thing. um a family counselor that I that I know that's on my it's been on my podcast several times. Dan Marcone has said we are feeling beings that think, not thinking feelings, thinking feelings, thinking beings that feel. In other words, our emotions tend to be the first thing that we feel, especially for women. Right. I think especially for women, um, our emotions are kind of out there and they're they're pretty um, loud. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we need to. Um, so that's why when a husband works from that place and makes her feel loved, even if he's not doing the perfect thing, but she feels loved, it's it it it's it's good,
1: you know. Um, well, and then she feels safe. Yes, to express doubts and concerns, exactly. you know, because she's feeling m- loved, not feeling inadequate. She's feeling loved right. and safe. So. Right. Exactly, exactly.
0: So, uh, one of the ways that we, that, that I believe husbands can support their wives best is, of course, by honoring her. You know, that, that's really God's plan. And that's where, you know, I was looking at some scriptures on that and it t- uh, on how husbands are to treat their wives, you know, so, because that's going to tell us a lot about how we can best. Um, support her is is to be
1: their biggest fan
0: yes most definitely most definitely so i want to share a few things from god's word because these are kind of like key um foundational things so first peter 3 7 says in the same way you husbands must give honor to your wives because you know Clearly, he's already spoken to the wives and said to honor your husbands. But now he's saying, wives, you must, uh, or husbands, you must give honor to your wives. Treat your wife with understanding as you live together. In other translations, it says living with her in an understanding manner. She may be weaker than you are, but she is your equal partner in God's gift of new life. Treat her as you should, so your prayers will not be hindered. Now, let me just address the, she may be weaker, Okay, I'm just gonna say it. I'm not as strong, I think physically as my husband. I'm not. I, I never will be. And so God's created us different, but the point here isn't the weaker piece of it because that's really not what this is about. It's it's the point is that she is your equal partner. And I, I always think of it as we're different. But we're equal. We uh, both play a role in this relationship, in our marriage, in you know parenting. Um, but we are equal partners. One is not more important
1: than the other. We we're just, not equivalent. No, not the same. Right. But we're equal, and we each bring different strengths to the table.
0: Right. And you have always said, like between the two of us, we make one great parent. <laughs> <laughs> So bear that in mind. We we each bring strength to the table. And um, you know, even though our husbands are very different than us or our wives are very different than us, we bring um between the two of us, we bring just this fullness. To the table, if we remember that, if we remember that and we bear that in mind, instead of focusing on each other's weaknesses and failings and unmet expectations, we're saying, Hey, you know, okay, so maybe he doesn't do this, that, or the other thing, but he does all these other things. And I'm so grateful for that. You know, just a for instance, you know, I do all the cooking, but because he hates cooking. And he's never gonna be a chef or a cook. He just he doesn't enjoy it. He doesn't like it. He avoids it like the plague. But he handles all the maintenance on the cars. He makes sure all the cars are you know go in for all their checkups and whatever else they need. I never worry about that. Um, he pays the bills. You know, there's certain things in our relationship that he handles that I'm so glad I don't have
1: to. I grill occasionally.
0: He does grill. It's true. <laughs> Every now and then things get a little done, but it's okay. We like Cajun food, right? Right. (laughs) (laughs) So the the point behind this verse is that, again, she's your equal partner. um, And so, but your job is just to live in an understanding manner with her. And I was, I was kind of like, you uh, know, in a, in, a, in a short phrase, I put it this way. You don't have to understand it all. You just need to live in, in an understanding manner with her.
1: Right. And
0: that means, like I said, you don't have to understand it. But if you just accept it, go, okay, it's okay. This is the way she's wired, you know. Well,
1: probably yeah. one of the biggest things in our marriage is, Duranda's is very relational. And I'm more black and white. I'm, for example, if somebody's sick. Mm-hmm she's the compassionate one and, and all, and they throw up, I clean up the mess. I'll do the organization. I'll, I'll make sure that, you know, I run to the store and get what they need and all this. And she's the one comforting right. and being relational because we just do better in right different areas. We figured
0: that out early on. I, I, I deal with the relationships for the most part and he deals with the practical aspect of things. And so we make a great team, but it didn't take us too long to figure that out. No. I, I think that actually, you know, that more, again, that communication early on really helped a lot. So the other verses I want to share with you are Ephesians five twenty five for husbands, this means love your wives just as Christ loved the church and he gave up his life for her. And I think that doesn't just mean you're willing to physically lay down your life for her. You're willing to lay down other things, you know, that, you know, for instance, when you're used to waking up in the morning with a lot of music, loud music. Uh (laughs) So he and I were, we woke up our first married morning at home together, no longer on the honeymoon, first married morning going to work, right? First thing he did was crank on his stereo like he'd done for years, right? until that morning because I stumbled out of bed and went in there and said, What are you doing? And he basically And I said, This
1: is what I used to used do every to do. morning. <laughs> so
0: in that sense he laid his life down for me and said, We're not doing this anymore and uh hasn't happened again in thirty years <laughs> So, and then the last verse, Colossians three nineteen: husbands love your wives and never treat them harshly. And I think that's so important. Just treating ways that you can honor her is to treat her with understanding and gentleness. And, uh, that's not always an easy thing for a guy to do, you know. But again, it's it's a learning curve and a willingness to lay down the way you've always done things and maybe do them different out of love mm-hmm. for your wife um, and valuing her role. I think this is another really important thing at the end of the um, at the end of this podcast or talk. I'm going to uh, share with you some responses I got from women wives homeschooling wives who shared what their husbands do um, that really to them shows support for them and so much of it had to do with valuing her role and um, it's really cool so I can't wait to share that with you at the end so let's talk about other ways to honor your wife okay let's talk about love languages okay so what is your love language
1: acts of service
0: yes took us a while to figure that out But we realized it when um, he was doing, 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 and I just wanted him to sit and talk with me. And my love languages mainly are uh, quality time and physical touch. And his were clearly acts of service because that's what he did all the time. Only I wasn't recognizing it as that. So I'm
1: running around doing things for her saying, I love you. I love you. I love you. And all these things. And she's thinking, Would you just sit down and talk to me? Right. I'm not sitting next to me. Would you just touch me? I'm not
0: feeling loved. (laughs) You know, it's not filling my tank. And so uh, what does Gary Smalley say? You have a love tank. And so uh, that wasn't happening. And so we finally ended up having a conversation about that. And it helped a lot because twofold. One, he realized, okay, I do need to make time to just sit with her, which is very hard for him to do uh, because he's a busy person. And he likes doing projects. And so that was a sacrifice, again, laying down his life for me. Um, what I really loved is when he, it was allergy season and he, oh. <laughs> and he would take Benadryl and we would go out for coffee. It was perfect. He sat across the table from me and he just stared at me. <laughs> So I was like, look at that, eye contact, everything. This is so great, you know. It didn't matter that he was in a funk and a fog, you know. It's was like, I just, this felt like quality time to me. So, uh, so anyway, that was something funny that happened early on. But uh, the other reason that it was helpful is that I began to recognize that every time he did something, he was saying, Dorinda, I love you. Dorinda, I love you. Dorinda, I love you over and over and over again. And I started to recognize that and acknowledge that, and that was meaningful for both of us. So we found a kind of a meet in the middle type of thing. And that worked, that has worked really, really well. So knowing each other's love language, I know some of you have heard of this, maybe some of you haven't. I think there's five different love languages. You can find out what your kids' is are, you can find out what yours is, what your husband's is. Uh, what your husband, what his love language is. Ugh. Um and I'm including links actually to the quiz um in the in the notes there. And then also, this was really funny because as I was looking this up today to share these things with you, they've added, get this, an app. <laughs> it's called of course. the Love Nudge. Uh-huh. <laughs> 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 cracking up you know when we got married there's no internet no apps none of this stuff and now they have all these helps and I I always feel a little on the fence about it like
1: I just feel old I I feel like you know (laughs) just just, does he really have to have
0: a prompt from an app does it really come from his heart when he does that so you know you do whatever works for you maybe you're used to apps and 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 you know using an app will help ignite that heart thing for your wife or husband, but you can go check it out. It's a free app and it just basically kind of works around your love languages and reminds you of things to do for your spouse that help them feel loved. So, I mean, I guess it's kind of cool. So anyway, for whatever it's worth, that link will be in there too. So, you know, I think the important thing to remember also is that every couple is different. This is so huge, you guys. Comparisons Not a good thing. Not a good thing. It doesn't mean we can't learn from other people's relationships and other marriages. Um, In fact, when you see a good marriage, I think it's a great thing to talk with them and to find out what makes their marriage great. When you see things in their relationship that are unusual that you don't see a lot of times in a relationship... Um, or in a healthy marriage, you ask questions, pursue, let them mentor you a little bit. I think that's really, really good, but always remember, like I said, every couple, every family is different. Um, so we I'm going to share some ways that I felt like, uh, Daryl has honored me, but I would like him to share probably like two of the things that he has found to be the most helpful, um, in our specific relationship go ahead tell tell them what your your greatest discoveries well
1: (laughs) asking what she needs Mm -hmm. uh somehow i don't know guys seem to uh um anyway guys seem to just assume they know what their wives need Mm -hmm. and uh, at least i do and i think it's true of a lot of guys and and and, and I'll be running around doing things I think she needs, and finding out that's not what she needs. And so, why not just ask her? What do you need? She'll tell you. And sometimes, sometimes, sometimes you got to ask more questions because yeah. she doesn't even you, know you what she need, needs. Sometimes we need to process <laughs> verbally that a little bit and find out what she's. Find out what she needs. Mm-hmm. And uh, the other thing is just um, be quicker to listen than to respond. You know, it's, it's easy to just, at least me, it's more natural for me to just want to solve the problem and give a quick response rather than listening and maybe stopping and praying about it mm-hmm. or asking more questions mm-hmm. and really finding out what the issue is, what the need is before I give a response. Because right. I just, I think a lot of guys just want to fix it. And so I just quickly want to okay here this this will fix it rather than really and we find that highly annoying getting a (laughs) thorough knowledge of what's going on.
0: But it comes from a heart of love. I think that's one thing you have to remember is when they're trying to solve the problem, they don't want to see you in pain. They don't want to see you hurting. And so they're, they immediately, it's that conquering nature in them. Let's just, let's just kill this thing. Let's kill this problem. So you'll be okay again, you know? And the bottom line is that, um, sometimes we just, we need to be listened to. We need, uh, I need him to hear me out a little bit first before, we can really arrive at a more accurate solution. But I have now over the years learned to say to him, um, I'm coming to you with a problem, um, but I need to process it. Or I'm coming to you with a problem, um, and but I don't need to process it. I just need you to help me solve it.
1: Well, and yeah, and this depends, too, on what kind of a processor right. you are. Exactly. Um, Dorinda is a verbal processor she wants so think about something but then she likes to talk things out right so she may be in the midst of processing you don't really she's not done processing so don't give her an answer before she's completed that and sometimes she just arrives at her own conclusion right i am not a verbal processor it's disaster to try to drag it out of me i have to go figure it out on my own and then i can talk about
0: it right and i think that's an area i've grown in i've learned more to to process on my own and then go to him. That's why more often now I go to him and say, I got a problem. Uh, here's what it is. Here's why I feel like it's a problem and help me solve it, you know? So I'm getting a lot better at that. But I think the main thing is when she's processing, I feel like the best thing he does for me is to say, what do you need? Or what do you feel like the problem really is? Or, um, you know, just those kinds of questions help her get down to what is really bugging her. And so uh, questions are great. So if you can kind of just have a list of sort of general questions that maybe just three, it's amazing how quickly you can get down to the bottom of something by um, asking questions. But the thing that I, I love about him is that he's really good at taking a lot of information in and then narrowing it down. Like I will have totally unloaded on him, this thing that feels like the biggest mess on the planet. And he'll take it down and narrow it down to three points. And I'm like, how'd you do that? That was great. (laughs) So that's his gifting. And that's one of the ways that he helps me. So uh, the ways that I feel like he's honored me, just in our own personal story, is again, he finds out what's important to me. Um, And the interesting thing is that it's looked different in different seasons. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that we've, we've talked about is uh, I am a student of him. Like I can watch him walk, and his face doesn't even have to be towards me. And I will know what mood he's in. I'll know if something's bothering him. Uh, guys it can be
1: extremely annoying. <laughs> <laughs>
0: guys aren't quite, they're not that observant usually, but I would just encourage you to be a bit of a student of your wife. And I, I, I thought about what could I liken this to for a guy? Okay you probably have someone you look up to like a sports figure and I'll bet you, you know, all kinds of statistics about that sports figure and you know, all these details, try to learn those, those as many of those, um, not those same details, but as many details about your wife, as you know about this sports figure. And so if you're pursuing her like that, that is honoring to her. Um, so just knowing her really well, and and uh, when I read some of the things the, that the moms have shared with me later on, you'll see that a lot of these husbands have figured that out. You can tell by how they're responding to their wives, and uh, they've figured out how to read her, how to know when something's going on. But it starts out by lots of healthy communication, then eventually they sort of get a rhythm of being able to tell when something's up and when you need him to bring dinner home and um, things like that. So in the early years, though, uh, what we're dealing with, wives, homeschooling moms, we're dealing with a lot of physical exhaustion in the early years. So that's really, um, I felt like the doing that happened in those years was really, really important. I really grew to appreciate the fact that he showed his love Uh, through doing, because there's a lot of stuff that needed to get done. And so, um, so I really learned to appreciate that. So that physical help was really valuable in those early years. But the later years are more mentally and emotionally exhausting when you start to get into the teen years. And so that's where weekly dates were absolutely essential. We called them Uh, state of the union every week we would get together for coffee for at least an hour sometimes two and we would run through all of the kids and we would talk about what was going on with each of them and uh, any concerns I had so I could jot those down throughout the week And know that at the, when our date time rolled around, that I could run all these things by him and, uh, we would, we would figure it out together. And I felt very supported, um, by that. So, um, that mental and emotional support is really, really important. Uh, knowing what makes her feel beautiful what makes her feel special. Um, again, staying on the same page, knowing she always has your support, helping her prioritize, again, mostly by listening and encouraging and asking questions. Um, a few other things that Daryl did to help me feel honored were uh, just constantly, when it came to homeschooling specifically, I felt like I had his 100% confidence that he trusted me, even if he doubted me, He never conveyed that to me. I think he just prayed for me. And that made all the difference in the world. When we first started homeschooling and I told him, hey, I think I really want to take an unhurried approach with our kids. And this is kind of what I'm thinking. And I read a few things to him and he wasn't so sure about it. He was kind of like
1: the the OCD in me was coming out, and I'm thinking, but you know, what if they, what if they don't get something? Yeah, what if you know?
0: And I don't ever remember him actually saying that. I think he felt it more than he said it, which is key right there. And prayed and just watched. And you know, as time went on, he, I would say, he is probably my. Biggest fan and the biggest fan of unhurried homeschooling now. So, you know, it's it's trusting your wife, trusting her gut instincts and telling her that you trust him, even if you're speaking somewhat by faith, because <laughs> sometimes we're not entirely sure. But if you keep telling her that, I'm telling you, she will rise to the occasion. So whatever doubts you have, pray about those. Yeah.
1: And bring, bring those doubts to the Lord yeah. first.
0: Yes. And there may be a time when you need to talk about it, but, um, be gentle, be encouraging through the whole thing. What do they say? Sandwich it. You know, you got praise a little bit of, you know, questioning, or I don't want to call it criticism, but, and then praise again, you know, so, um, all right, so uh, reassurance that I'm doing a good job, that he has confidence in me and trusts me, uh, again, periodically asks me what I need and what he can be praying for. So that's another really great thing is, um, you know, sometimes I don't realize how much I appreciate prayer support. And and so when he would ask me and ask me what I need him to pray for, um, that meant a lot to me. And then again, the regular dates, that can look so many different ways, you know, the point isn't the ideal date scenario, it's quality time to talk to just be together, have fun together, you know, um, whatever that looks like, you know, having a mindset that your marriage is a priority uh, will help you kind of seize the opportunities as they come along. So and then the last thing that was really important to me was to feel like we were a team, I needed to know that I wasn't in this alone. Um, And his support meant a lot and his encouragement meant a lot. It also meant a lot when he would work with me on doing things together as a family, because that was really important to me, that family togetherness and that family cohesiveness. Um, when he would work to make something happen, like he would take the kids out, um, especially the boys and they would chop wood together. And then we would have like a, um,
1: Bonfire, you know, like a bonfire and a cookout or, thing,
0: and um, and so just those little things really made a difference. And they are honestly our some of our kids' sweetest memories. So um, the the other thing is, honestly, he was really good at talking me down from my emotional ledge, which you know happened somewhat <laughs> frequently over the years. <laughs> he was great. So he would just he would just help me. He would start by reassuring me and then we can, uh, That uh, then he would just sort of like uh, mainly just listen, but just, you know, remind me why I'm doing what I'm doing, kind of go back to the big picture now, why are we doing what we're doing? You know, And so if I got stressed out about curriculum or stressed out about a kid and how they were doing, he would say, "No, why are we doing what we're doing? Let's remember the big picture. Let's keep the big picture in mind. And then he would help sort of use that filter to, um, first of all, keep me from worrying incessantly, which was not helpful. <laughs> recognize that that was not helpful. So that was the main thing. It's just that, you know, that emotional support to get me out of that place of fear, and then help me work from a place of strength.
1: Yeah, just redefine your goals, make sure you're both running towards the same goal post
0: right you know that, exactly that's
1: what, this well, is where we're going yeah and
0: sometimes I was running the wrong direction and he'd be like hey <laughs> hey you got to come back over here this is where we're going remember the goal um he would also a lot of times come up with like what well, if I couldn't think like appropriate consequences for the kids if we were dealing with um issues character issues or whatever um so he's basically my biggest fan best backup um made me laugh a lot. I remember one time when our oldest two were very young. We weren't even homeschooling yet. Um, The older one, I think they were maybe three and one. And the three-year-old decided we were just getting ready to leave to go somewhere. And I turned around and she had totally marked her sister up with a marker. And, you know, I liked my kids to look decent when they went out. Now this kid was completely covered in marker. And I was so frustrated in the moment. And I and I called him and I said, listen to this. Listen to what happened. He starts laughing hysterically. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, I realized this actually really was funny. And he just helped bring a kind of a relief to the to the tension that I was feeling. So keep your sense of humor. That's another huge thing. Laughing together is so important. And he would remind me to simplify and, and kind of help me know what that looks like. Um, and then he would also do all of that, but bearing in mind how I'm wired. And I think that was so important as he we grew over the years. He knew better how I was wired. And so when we would sit down and try to problem solve when it came to homeschooling things and child raising things, um, but kind of just how we did things, um, he would say, you know, I don't think that's gonna be a good fit for you. Cause you know, I come home with some harebrained idea, you know, because I I don't talk to another homeschooling mom or saw something cool or you know, went to a conference and thought, oh, I should I should do this, you know, like uh, for instance, you know, I went to this really great session on teaching math through games, right? And he's looking at me going, You hate games. Why we would you
1: hate games? Why would you want to <laughs> Why do would you that? Do to that?
0: <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, oh. Yeah, that would be really great probably for some other family but not for us. So, you know, he just reminded me, okay, you're not wired that way. So, or he would say to me, you know, you know, remember the last time you tried you tried this before. Remember the last time you tried this how that went? Do you remember? And and he would remind me and be like, "Oh, yeah, that's we're not going to do that." <laughs> <laughs> he would wait, you know, I wouldn't waste my time, my energy, get frustrated. He helped keep me from doing that. So um, but but learning how we we're wired was, again, going back to uh, Gary Smalley. In the early years, we took a personality test early on. He has a very simple one. I know there's lots of complicated ones out there. And I'm just like, I like simple. I just need a general idea. And that kind of helps guide me. And so we took this personality test. Again, I'm including the link in the notes. And just a really quick personality profile. And it puts you in about four categories and you can be a combination of two, but generally there's one that really stands out. And on that personality profile, it also explains the strengths and the weaknesses of that particular personality. And that really helps a lot Mm -hmm. because when I understood like, you know, when it came to um, uh, wanting to solve problems and, you know, maybe just being a little more frustrated with certain things. It came from the fact that he's a lion or he's, he's also a beaver, which means that he he likes to get stuff done. Both of those personalities are very goal-driven. So my husband's going to be uber goal-driven. So I have to understand that about him and understand that that certain things are really going to frustrate him and how can I help him best and vice versa, how he can help me best with the way that I'm wired. And so again, I'll include that link there in the, in the notes. But, um, I think you've mentioned this already along the way. Is there anything else you wanted to share? Anything you found to be like, if you were talking to a a dad right now and, uh, he was like, "Eh, you know, I'm feeling not very capable of being the best support.
1: Well, number one, just always go back to prayer, Mm -hmm. you know, um, just, lay it at the feet of the cross, just ask the Lord, you know, if there's areas that are frustrating you or you're lacking understanding or you just need clarity, just pray first. Mm -hmm. And, you know, also just don't take it all too seriously. Like you (laughs) said, don't, don't lose your sense of humor, stop and laugh at things along the way. And, and usually, especially in, in homeschooling, you can make corrections. Yeah, absolutely. You know? You're not absolutely. gonna. You're not gonna wreck your child with one bad day. Right. You know? Exactly. And so just and realize there just are frustrating days. So yes. no one just back off and just go. We'll take another run at this tomorrow. Right. You know, but right. Just, so give yourself a little space. Start everything with prayer. And just don't lose your sense of humor because then you are lost. (laughs) That's right. That's right.
0: And the other thing is, you know, you have to understand that there is a whole lot of grace when it comes to homeschooling. I think that's one thing that I have learned over the years. And looking back, we take it all. We feel like we have to be so on our game all the time. And I'm not saying we don't have to be responsible and paying attention and engaged and that kind of thing. But it's not as harsh as we sometimes make it.
1: well, And God wants you to take this homeschool journey yeah. and enjoy it and be successful in yeah. it. He's on your side. Absolutely. You know, he's not waiting for you to mess up and whack you. Right. He's rooting and encouraging. And when you right. do make a mistake, he's gentle and kind in in redirecting you. And, you know, so this is, this is a journey that delights God. Absolutely. And, and he wants to help us through it. He's rooting
0: for us. That's right. And he's not a harsh taskmaster. And he says, if we ask for wisdom in James one, go read it. He'll give it generously without finding fault. In other words, he's not picking at you going, well, you know what? You chose the Wrong curriculum last year, so mm, I'm not going to give you wisdom. That, that does it doesn't work that way. It says he gives generously without finding fault, and it will be given. But there's a caveat: you have to believe and not doubt. I'm telling you, parents. God will give you direction with your kids, I guarantee it. Um, if you're just listening and uh, walking alongside your kids and trusting God and, and just not being not working from a place of fear. Um, because if fear is driving us, it's very difficult for for God to be leading us. And so we want to be led, not driven. And you can even feel the difference in those two words. Driven has a sense of urgency, constantly, anxiety, stress, pressure. Um, Being led, it has a gentleness to it. And it's, it's about God saying, look, I have a good plan for you. You know, I have a good plan for your family. He loves our kids. More than we do. That's hard to believe sometimes, but he does. So don't you think that if we ask him for wisdom, he's going to show us what to do and how to walk this homeschooling journey out, both in our marriages and with our kids? And the result is so amazing. It's a cohesive family with um, who that grows healthy. Adults who are thriving and productive and are a blessing to the church. They're a blessing to the world. And um, and that's what we want. That's ultimately what our goal is. So one of the best ways you can honor your wife is to pray for her. Um, like he said, take concerns to God first. Pray in faith. Pray for protection. Pray for clarity. Um, pray... Uh, Pray against, uh, pray for focus, but pray against, because these are the two biggest battles for homeschooling moms, comparisons and distractions. Those are, they can hijack a homeschooling day. um, They can hijack our emotions. They can hijack all kinds of things. So we need to be careful. Um, Pray for your wife that she doesn't make comparisons, she doesn't get um, fall prey to that, and she isn't distracted, but she's focused on what God has called you all to do as a family. Um, so I want to share just a few things, a few of the ways that some moms on my Facebook page shared um, about their husbands and how they've best shown their support. Um, so I don't want this to become a list of expectations. I just want to show you actually how kind of simple it really is. I mean, simple and not simple. I mean, here, oh, this will be self-explanatory. I'll just read it to you. It says, he's an amazing sounding board. So much of this resonates with what we shared today. He's an amazing sounding board. He is very supportive and my defender. He trusts the direction I'm going. and helps my sanity by making me laugh. He would teach the kids carpentry and electricity and plumbing and home renovations and yard work and comedy. (laughs) I love that. Uh, He's being the homeschool dad. Now, here's another one. I work full time, so he is taking on most of the responsibility when he's not at work. That's amazing. Uh, Okay. He believes in why we are doing this as much as I do. He's encouraging and believes in what we're doing. He entertains the toddlers while I work with the big kiddo and care for the baby. He does household stuff whenever I need him to. Sweeping, dishes, dinner. This really frees me up a lot on stressful days. He corrects schoolwork if he has time. Um, I love it when he goes over the corrections with them. He listens to my day. He knows he can't fix everything, but he does a good job stepping in when needed. Listens to the kids reading aloud, both beginners. Both are beginners, so it's tedious and it takes patience. On the days I feel like I'm failing or call him ready to throw in the towel, he reminds me I'm doing a great job and he encourages me. He reminds me the kids are doing fine and will not be behind. And then he brings home dinner. (laughs) He listens to everything. Whatever happens that day, frustrations and curriculum choices, he always speaks positively of me and the job the kids and I are doing and how valuable homeschooling is. He listens to, um, let's see, listening to my concerns. You, you hear a common thread here? Listens, listens, listens. Listening ear to my concerns. Reinforcing things I've said to the kids. Narration at the dinner table so we tell dad what we learned. Extra encouragement to the kids. Um he doesn't. He doesn't question me. <laughs> I, I'm assuming he has complete confidence, <laughs> uh, more than I do, actually. She said, uh, "Doesn't criticize or second guess everything. Hundred percent trust me with their education. Make sure that I remember to take time for myself." Uh, he's the principal, so if the kids are goofing off instead of doing what they're told, they, they have to answer to him. So that backup, that support. He does the laundry, helps with school in the evenings when I'm at work. He's the best. Trust my decision-making skills. Um, He folds laundry and does dishes. He trusts my decision-making. He encourages me when I'm feeling defeated. Um, Can you just hear it all? It's just there's a teamwork feeling there and just the encouragement and the listening, um, just stepping in when needed. So um, again, that's not a list of expectations. It's essentially that The truth is that none of these dads does all of these things and none of them do them all the time or do them perfectly. The biggest gift that they give their wives is moral support, encouragement, trusting their decisions, give them time alone and some help at home or with grocery shopping or whatever in the home. So we just want to encourage you to use these things that we've discussed, again, not as expectations, but as a conversation starter to help strengthen your marriage. Um, I love Ecclesiastes four, nine and 10 that says two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either falls down, um, the other can pick him or her up. So uh, one can help the other up. So you're, you're definitely stronger together and um, I think that's the point of all of it. God has a good plan uh, when he planned the family and when he planned marriage and when he planned homeschooling, because I think he planned homeschooling. <laughs> we're going to go ahead and pray with you all before we um, before we end here. Lord, we just thank you so much for this time together. We thank you for each and every family listening, both live and to the recorded version. God, we thank you that it was no mistake that they were here today. No mistake that they were here To hopefully hear some encouragement and some ways to strengthen their relationship, Lord, and specifically for uh, ways that husbands can support their wives. We, I ask that great conversations would come from this and, um, that marriages would be built up, that families would become stronger through, um, through your spirit and and through the things that have been uh, talked about here today. Lord, we love you. We thank you for your goodness to us. I pray a blessing over every single family represented here. In Jesus' name, amen.